Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Welcome back to The Edge Podcast, giving you the edge to win in business and in life. Here's your host, Brandon White. Hey, Matt. Welcome back. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Well, like a shoeless Sunday today, if you can believe that. Today, we are talking about a 401k, a Rob's 401k, and using your 401k to fund your business. You and I were talking a little bit about this because I said, hey, what are we talking about? And you said this, and I said, is that really real? So what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so so Rob's stands for its, its rollover as a business startup. So rollover as a business startup is Rob's. And basically concept is you are funding your own startup business. It can be small business, it can be franchise, whatever, but you're using a 401k plan to buy stock in your own company basically to help fund it. So there's a there's a lot of nuances, a lot of a lot of compliance wrapped around this, but yeah, it's it's absolutely doable. Well, can you explain how that works? Just yeah. from not I know there's intricacies and there's probably you need to have the 401k person like yourself managing this to make sure that you don't screw things up and then this money becomes taxable, et cetera. But just from a high level, is it as simple as some documentation and then selling stock to your 401k that is effectively acting as a separate entity beyond you? Yeah. So in, in theory, that's basically what you're doing. So it's, and it's a specialized program, right? And, you know, we've talked about, I think in, in length in the past on several episodes that you don't just have to be stuck to the menu on your 401k, like the mutual funds with the target date funds and things like that. You can expand stocks, bonds, mutual fund, crypto, real estate, but your in essence is if it's set up properly, it makes sense. Now, a couple of the rules behind this are. You have to be a C corp. You have to be able to separate yourself through the entity. So you have to set this up as a C corp. A lot of times things get messed up when you're, you're, you have this ROPS, uh, 401k set up and then you have your CPA saying, Hey, you really need to be an S corp or something like that. That creates a lot of issues. So you have to, to open a C corp and maintain the C corp. And wait, just so that for, yeah. for me and listeners, when you say open a C corp, that is the company that you are trying to fund needs to yes. be a C corp. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Because because so, you could create that C corp and still maintain your S corp, of which the S corp owns part of the C corp. Will that work? Yeah. Yeah. So that has, okay. that that's a yeah. So the the entity you are funding with these foreign K assets has to be the C corp. So yes, I, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. So the theory behind this is you know you've worked for a company for years and years, you build up all these foreign K assets, but now you're ready to go start your own thing or create a franchise or start, or I'm sorry, open up a franchise. And it's like you said, it's got to be set up absolutely correctly, perfectly to make sure you're not getting hit with distribution fees. You know, as soon as you move over to an S corp, it, it counts as a distribution. Then you have early termination penalties and so on and so forth. But basically got to be C corp. You're buying shares of your new company within the foreign K. And there's some rules involved here. So you have to be an active employee. This can't be a passive type business. And you have to maintain yourself as an active employee. So you are getting paid a salary. However, 
your salary cannot come from these funds because then you're kind of basically looping around the IRS rules here. So you have to maintain, you know, salary. You have to keep yourself not as a passive income. So this isn't just you as an investor. You actually are participating in the company. And then basically you have to do this at fair market value. You can't just come up with your own valuation. And this is, this is kind of where the expenses come in. You don't really want to do this with 20, 30, 40, $50,000. You want this to be, you know, work well with several hundred, even a million dollars in your 401k plan because you have to pay for the valuation. You have to pay for the valuation, which is can, an official valuation can be very expensive. And then there's attorneys involved to make sure this is all set up properly. And then we've spoken about this before. So let's say you have employees at this C Corp, right? Whatever you offer yourself, you have to offer to your employees. So for example, if you bring real estate into your 401k plan as the employer, you have to allow your employees, eligible employees, participate and buy their own real estate in the 401k plan. Same with this. You have to open up the funding opportunity to buy shares of the company through the 401k plan to your employees. You absolutely have to do that. And then this is constant valuation going on. And then if people want to buy out and so on and so forth. So it's it's a very in-depth, highly compliance-driven plan, but it's doable because you really have to make the decision. Does it make sense going this route and self-funding it basically through a 401k plan? Or are there other options like you know SBA loans and things like that? Well, actually, while there's obviously compliance around it, it doesn't sound like it's as complicated as it may first seem hitting hitting you listening to this because theoretically, if you're going to raise money for your company at some point, you're going to need a 409A valuation, which startups in general that are funded by usually venture VC money or private equity or even sometimes angel investing require through because of the regulations, a 409A valuation because everybody's valuing that stock to basically get the gain, so to speak. So mm-hmm. if you use, and there are services like Carta, which I've used to manage your cap table, and they will include, or for some fee, the 409A valuation every year. And it did cost us a few thousand dollars. We did it because otherwise you're managing your cap table on an Excel spreadsheet and they have everything online. I don't know who their competitors are, so I don't have an, the ability to offer listeners another option, but it would be easy enough to just say car to competitors on Google right, and do that. But <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, as I hear this, if you do have some money in your 401k and you're starting a business, I mean, there's compliance in everything you do. I mean, your tax documents, your four, I mean, 401k is just another thing that you need to follow the rules on. So it sounds very doable. Now, does the 401k manager help manage this? Or so do yeah. you do this? If I'm like, hey, Matt, I want to fund FileFinder with my 401k. I come to you and then you help make sure that we're in compliance every year, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah. So having a administrator and honestly, having a CPA firm alongside that, who is knowledgeable about Rob's and how it works and, and, and the flow of the money and making sure, you know, if other people or you even have more money that you want to bring in from another 401k that you've got somewhere stacked someplace else, doing that properly and step by step. So yeah, you have to file your, your 5500s. You have to do your annual testing and make sure it all 
it, this is just another leg of all that, another leg of the filing and making sure that you're working with somebody that does know how to, this is absolutely not a DIY project by any stretch of the imagination, but there's attorneys involved. So there's another step to the regular administration, but maintaining proper compliance of the 401k plan is absolutely integral and making sure that you're creating, in my opinion, have another menu. This isn't the only option inside your, you absolutely have to have a compliance friendly investments of, you know, creating target date funds and things like that alongside all this. So it's almost like think of it as adding another brokerage menu where we've talked before. And I think we're going to talk about in the next episode too, where you create the menu, but then you can also offer a brokerage sleeve is like, is what I like to call it, where you can also buy stock or crypto or whatever you want, but you still maintain that, that traditional menu of funds for the folks who are not as uh, investment savvy. Well, this is awesome. If you're listening, we've got links so that you can reach out and talk to Matt more about this in the show notes and description. Matt, thanks a lot for talking about Rob's, man. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Bye, everyone.